that's the thing with boxing. It's, you know, life is highs and lows anyway. Yeah. But boxing is like extreme highs and extreme lows. You know, you're either the man who everyone wants to be associated with and everyone's, you know, giving you kudos and beating yeah. you up as you lose. And mm-hmm. it's like radio silence from all those same people. So you do learn as well, I suppose, who's actually got your back as well in, in, mm-hmm. in a sport like boxing and, and who really matters. Welcome to the Mahan McCann podcast. Yeah, that's right. I changed it up a little bit. It is now the Mahan McCann podcast just because, I don't know, it just makes more sense. It's my name, I suppose. Good for branding, apparently, somebody said. Sure. Um, this week we have Tony Brown, professional boxer, businessman, and close personal friend. And we're talking about fighting, we're talking about mindset, talking about learning how to lose, and having a desire for greatness. This one is... Definitely going to knock your socks off, so I hope you enjoy it. We're going live. We are live, baby. So nice. Far. T- nice. Yeah. Second, yeah. second go. Second go. A couple of technical yeah. malfunctions, but we kept going. Listen, and there's an absolute gem of a six-second podcast out there for <laughs> yeah, uh, any, any real Man McCann fans. If you uh, subscribe <laughs> to my Patreon, yeah. it's going to cost 20 quid, but it'll be worth it. <laughs> Um, I have to confess to you, Toasty, that initially when I started this podcast, I had this interview in mind. Oh, I knew that this was going to be one of the ones that would happen. Yeah, it was always going to happen. And we have so much, so much stuff to fucking get into, I think. In ter- obviously, I know, the fact that we haven't actually seen each other that much over the last few months uh, definitely is going to play its part. There's a bit of catching up involved as well. Um, I must be. say, um, I, I like the uh, no camera feature. It really takes the edge off things in these podcasts. I like the, I like the audio, man. I like this to be chilled like out. Too, to yeah. Kind of ruminative. It's a bit like putting on sunglasses at a festival. You know, it just yeah. takes the edge off things that little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, it's like an episode of Joe Duffy, but slightly more upmarket. <laughs> nice man you do, you do, you're doing it. Duffy. <laughs> nice you're living the dream but, so how's things going with the fight camp obviously we're two weeks out you're fit as a fiddler or whistle or whatever they say and yeah i'm super fit um yeah. i'm coming back off an injury so um camp started a little bit later for me than planned but um man i'm working like a dog um yeah. had a tough day today. I sparred, I did my S and C and I did a little bit of technical skill acquisition stuff with Steven at the end of the day. Yeah. Um and my weight's coming down as well. So yeah, everything's going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got an exciting couple of weeks ahead of me. Like tomorrow I'm sparring, I've got a good sparring partner from Donegal, good sparring Saturday, and then next week I'm going to Madrid for a week to Ooh. spar with a undefeated super middleweight yeah he's fighting for an IBF title um I think in two or three weeks so I'm gonna finish off a sparring camp with him get three yeah. eight round spars through the week is this a guy you've sparred before or is it I've never sparred him no his name mm. I don't want, um, uh, pure ignorance but I actually can't remember his name it's like Malik Zeniad or something like that yes yeah. um so- 
So I'm going to spar him. He'd be a good spar. And then hmm. get back on Saturday. Then I've got a week till the weigh-in. So the last week is just going to be about cutting the weight. But I'm already down pretty low enough. I'm, I'm happy yeah. enough where I am. Um, what do you find that? 80, 81, is it? 78.5. 78.5. Right. Yeah. yeah no messing anymore. Yeah, that's fucking, that's tight for you. It's not a fun way to make. But, um, <laughs> I don't think there's anything anything fun about making weight ever. I mean, my last fight, I went down to 70, which I'm going to have to do again, probably in summer. So I have a good nine kilos to be losing. But Nice. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, do you usually do sauna kind of buzz or you do... So, there's, I mean, like, there's a million ways to do a wake up but um, my preferred way at the moment the way I'm doing at the moment is I generally will get my natural body weight down to as low as I can physically Mm -hmm. without you know becoming uh, malnourished or fatigued so I'll do that through diet and then the last maybe three or four kilos will all be about fluid manipulation so yeah you're dehydrating you're cutting out things like salts and fibres and carbs so you're not retaining fluid and you're a shitload of sweating you get used to wearing a sauna suit. Um, unfortunately, there's no real saunas to go to at the moment. Actually, your yeah. dad, my gave dad's us a supposed sauna. to be giving you a sauna, is he? <laughs> he gave us a sauna, but he hasn't built the sauna, so it's, it's sitting there. But it's just in we're, pieces. We're waiting on a certain person. There's a key man. There's got to be need to put knows. the sauna together. So it's a bit yeah. of a tease, you know. Some sort of it's sauna like, technician. Yeah, it's like discombobulated sauna sitting there being like, your life could be so easy, but instead <laughs> you need to You're just train for two hours in the freezing cold inch core. On the fucking treadmill, just looking at the sauna. like. Come yeah, it's on. like you're just looking at the good life, thinking one day we're going to have that sauna. Things will yeah. be easier. I won't have to do this. But uh, no, it's fine. Uh, it's going to be great when we do get that sauna. But yeah, I do. I actually joined Westwood. Um in December and I was making full use of that for recovery and also the sauna just sitting there for an hour you know bit of visualization bit of meditation and uh, let the weight just fall off yeah that was something I wanted to get into you with a little bit later on maybe was that pre-fight oh, routine I think um, is there any other routines that you do as your kind of you know what's what's your preferred method of mindset for the, the big day yeah so it's it's interesting you said that because you know, um you know, one thing that, that you really realize through boxing, and I suppose it carries over to everything, is that it's all mental. You know, Customato famously said, that's Mike Tyson's coach, he famously said that um, the, the elite boxer, for the elite boxer, it's 25% physical and 75% mm-hmm. mental. It's all yeah. in that nine-inch playing field, your brain, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's where the magic happens. So, like, for me, like it depends from fighter to fighter. For me... I get a lot of my confidence from my preparation. So, you know, by training that, by working hard and working, being the hardest worker in the room and putting in the, the hours and the sessions that I know the other guy isn't putting in, that gives me confidence. Yeah. So I gain confidence from my preparations. I mean, some people just have that innate mm-hmm. confidence about them where, you know, they could roll out of bed after drinking 12 pints and, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Champion I think that can world, you know? <laughs> that can backfire on you as well. Maybe that can backfire <laughs> on you as well. Yeah, you too know. confident. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a fine line between uh, stupidity and confidence. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, like it, it's really important. I do work on that as well. I, I work on my mental game. I work with a great guy called Dave Mullins, and yeah. um, we look at my mental game and um, you know, bringing certain habits and certain approaches into 
into mm-hmm. everyday training and everyday life, you know. Yeah, would you, that uh, involve like a certain kind of mindfulness or meditation type things? What kind of strategies would you use? With yeah, the- I do meditate as well, but it's 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 even simpler than you'd imagine. Like, you know, it's, it's just yeah. about when you're going into a spa, what your attitude is and like, you know, knowing where your head needs to be at in a spa. So for mm-hmm. me, um, you know, it's important that I when I go into a spa that I'm, I'm not looking to win a spar or looking to dominate that I'm looking to just incorporate things and, uh, perform. So, so mm-hmm. like having a performance driven mindset is very important for me. So when I get in the ring, when I get in the ring on March 28, it's not about winning. It's not about beating Kasumima or Kasim mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's not about uh, looking good. It's about delivering the best Tony Brown possible. Yeah. Um, yep. And once I do that, then everything else takes care of itself. You know, once, once I go in there and do my thing, get in the flow, do my thing, the rest is out of my control, really. You know, yeah, I that's, that's that attitude, which is so, it's something I learned from martial arts and from boxing as well and from studying sports psychology and um, reading the book, The Champion's Mind. That's a great, um, by Bob Rotella. Bob Rotella, amazing that's a, book. That's one of my favorite books. Actually, anyone listening to this, I would whatever you do i would highly recommend reading that book it's uh i read that book when i just moved up to 91 and Mm -hmm. after reading that book i went on a string of winning like yeah that's right yeah five or six international tournaments in a row i was just like in that space and i'm actually planning on uh giving it a quick fire read now before Mm -hmm. this fight yeah it just gets you in that place where you're so you're so process focused you know you're all about the process and uh, focused on just doing what needs to be done, not worrying about the outcome or worrying about, you know, it's all the, ex- the external mm-hmm. stuff that's out of your control. You know? Exactly. It's really an attitude for life as well. I found like I obviously Great applied time. it to martial arts. And I think a fight is a great way to learn it because it, there's obviously a lot of stuff that surrounds a fight. There's a lot of noise. There's a lot of other people. There's another opponent. There's all these things there's you can't so control. Much, and there's everyone's opinions. Everyone's saying, everyone's oh, you should smash this guy. You should beat him. Oh, he knocked out his last guy. There's, yeah. And that's what we always look at every time we come into a fight. When 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 mm-hmm. I, So every time I have a new fight, myself and Dave, at the start of the camp, we have a chat and it's yeah. straight away, it's, what's the story of this fight? You know, what yeah. what is the story this yeah. time? You know, he's a former mm-hmm. world champion. He beat him. He blah, blah, blah. And then the next time it's a different guy. Oh, he's lost his last five fights. So he should beat him. And we always just try and say, none of that matters. It doesn't matter yeah. what the story is around the fight or who he is. It matters what you're going to do over the next six weeks. Yeah. And what you're going to do on fight night ultimately. And even with Steven, you know, I, I still have bad habits of sometimes, as you know yourself, being a fighter, sometimes you fall into some old habits and sometimes you, you fight your own fight. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, an ongoing, it's an ongoing process of getting to a point where I do exactly as Stephen expects and wants of me, yeah. you know, and we're getting to that point now. And also coming back from the amateurs into the, after being an amateur for so long and coming into pros, there's a lot of groundwork to be done. There's a lot of uh, stylistic stuff that we're still working on, but even taking that mindset into my sparring sessions and my training sessions where I'm just trying to implement what Stephen's looking for. Um, but we're getting there bit by bit. So, um, and just trying to enjoy the journey on the way as well, you know, I know you don't want it to be absolute hell all the time because it's a tough craft. Like it is day in, day out. A lot of well, grind. It's hard. It it's, is hard. It is. It's no joke, really. Um, but it's 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 interesting what you said about um you know why it's applicable to the fight game. I suppose, mm. you know, 
if you looked at the fight game, it's, it's kind of like the final crescendo of a musical symphony. Whereas though, if it's, I suppose it can be harder to have that kind of uh, process oriented mindset when you're in like a long-term job or something because there's yeah. no clear well, finish. It's also, it's a story as well. It has kind of three acts to it where you have this time you're preparing when you get in the actual fight, the end of the fight, there's an after bit. It kind yeah. of gives you the full, you go through the whole, the wheel kind of turns around. Um, yeah. And it's something, I mean, I wanted to ask you about, I suppose, because um, for myself personally, boxing really shaped who I was. I mean, I started boxing when I was eight with Phil Sugcliffe and Crumlin and so much stuff after that. Like you, there is a certain sense of respect that goes along with fighting, even if, it you does. know, you get in a fight with somebody and you lose or, you know, there's it's still automatically gives you a certain level of status and a certain level of respect amongst people. Um, and I was kind of wondering, how do you think the path of discipline in boxing has changed you, like from before to now? Oh man, massively. I think, um, you know, boxing made me do a complete U-turn on my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been, a, you know, I wouldn't have had anywhere near the ambition that I have now. Um, and... I certainly wouldn't have had anywhere near the discipline that I have mm-hmm. now. You know, it became yeah. a real outlet for me to focus my energy on. I obviously had a lot of energy yeah. and a lot of uh, yeah. passion, but it just wasn't mm-hmm. being directed in the right direction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, boxing, boxing, it's a, it's a, it's a hard, lonely sport. You're on your own, so it, it definitely teaches you to take ownership and responsibility for your own decisions. You know, if you're gonna go and uh, if you're gonna go and smoke twenty fags and drink six cans the week before a fight you're the one who's going to pay the ultimate <laughs> yeah. price you know like That's that it. but that mm. was the thing like when i played team sports it was like you'd get away with that kind of stuff because ah you might have a bad spell on a game and then you mm. you'd score a goal or you'd score a try and it's, ah, it's all it's all good yeah. but in boxing like you're in there there's no hiding in the boxing ring and if you haven't prepared yeah meticulously and properly you're going to pay the price and there's no the thing excuse about boxing is, yeah. the thing about boxing is you don't just lose you get mm-hmm. beat up your pride gets beat <laughs> yeah and you, know, you get beaten as well <laughs> you get beaten, but like yeah. you know being like like hand-to-hand combat between men like that is yeah. the ultimate you know it's the ultimate alpha contest so when it's, you lose that like mm. it's your pride takes a bashing like i remember like, my first loss as well Mm. yeah my first loss in boxing man i just like i was so low i actually won my first mm. couple of fights yeah and i remember leaving being like i'm the fucking man i'm feeling like on cloud nine i was like mm-hmm. i felt invincible man i could nearly walk yeah. out in front of a truck that's how i felt yeah. and then i lost and i was like fuck i'm just a i'm just a normal guy like you know it just like brought <laughs> yeah. me right back there. i was like there's nothing special about me and at all like and, uh, how did and, you bounce back from that how what what talked you around? Yeah, Did it was tough. And like my, my first couple of years boxing, like I used to take losses so bad. I remember being in my bedroom crying, man. Yeah. Literally crying with my curtains closed and I would just be so low. Because like, like boxing, that's the thing about boxing. It's, you know, life is highs and lows anyway. Yeah. But boxing is like extreme highs and extreme lows. You know, you're either the man who everyone wants to be associated with and everyone's you know, giving you kudos and bigging yeah. you up as you lose. And mm-hmm. it's like radio silence from all those same people. So you do learn as well, I suppose, who's actually got your back as well in, mm-hmm. in a sport like boxing and, and who really matters. But, um, yeah, it took me a while to learn to cope with losses. Um, 
And, you know, I suppose, again, it's one of those things where, you know, when you lose, you lose. You just got to get on with things um, and get back in the gym and improve. Now, in the amateurs, you know, a loss is a loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's not the end of the world. You just go back to the gym and you correct the mistakes you made and then you enter into another tournament and you might face the same guy again a couple of weeks later and beat him. You, you know, get that's another how you shot. Yeah. You get another shot like next week. But mm-hmm. the pro game is different because you're essentially a business. So yeah. you take a loss and uh, your share price is plummet and it can be yeah. pretty hard to come back from there. I mean, you can. It happens yeah. all the time, but, you know, once or twice. But after that, then, you know. Yeah, you're really you're on, a, you're on a, a, a kind of knife edge the whole time, isn't it? Like it's, Yeah, so so box, like professional boxing is mm-hmm. tough because every time you get yeah. in the ring, even though, again, we go back to having that process and performance mm-hmm. folk, f- performance-based mindset going into the ring, yeah. You know, part of you knows that I have to win this fight every time. There's no yeah. option. Yeah. And another, like, I suppose another part of that as well is, which is something that worked for me a couple of years ago. I suppose I stopped doing it, but it's something I plan to bring back into my game is when you do put that added pressure on yourself, you know, you leave yourself no choice but to perform. I remember that year when I boxed um, in the elites at 91 and I was fighting the same fight. I was fighting the champion. And I went around that week and I made a point to say to everybody I saw, I was like, I have to win this fight. If I don't win this fight, it's game over for me. This is, yeah. the, this is, this is the ultimate test. This is, yeah. this is do or don't, do or die for me, you know? Yeah, and, I think uh, different, do you think different athletes react? I listened to uh, John Danher on a similar thing about differences between athletes where he says that for some people, that pressure can help them rise to the occasion. For other people, yeah. it's just the wrong way to look at it. And you should just think of it as, you know, physical solutions for physical problems. Don't oh, like worry the, about anything else. You just do yeah, the business. Well, I think, like, it depends what way you interpret it. Because the way I was speaking that week and the way I was portraying it was that I was like, I actually have no choice but to show up and box out of my skin. Yeah. And if I don't, it's over. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. the other mindset is to go ah you know I've done this a hundred times before this is just going to be like a sparring session blah blah and then you might go in half cocked or undercooked and then you don't Unprepared. put it in the bag I went out that night and I fought my skin out and I left no mm-hmm. question marks in the stadium you know I yeah. put in a serious performance mm-hmm. so yeah like and again if the greatest pressure of all is coming from yourself mm-hmm. then you're not going to be as affected by outside pressure as much and that's kind of what I try to do now as well. Like when I go into a fight, like no one expects more of Tony Brown than Tony Brown, you know? Yeah. So yeah. with that in mind, like you kind of go, well, I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks because I expect the most of me, you know? Yeah, you'd be the most disappointed, you know what I mean? Excuse yeah. my language, by the way. Oh, no, it's, uh, it's encouraged. This is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, We're big over. boys now. Yeah, it's a grown-up podcast. But, um, oh, nice. I think that's really interesting what you're saying about putting the pressure on yourself almost to balance it, but not stupid pressure where you're like, you know, almost pushing yourself over the edge or something. A kind of pressure that you, to perform to the best way that you can perform. Yeah, and, than, and again, you know, it's all relative. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if I if you're going, 
if you've never boxed before and you're going into a fight going, right, that's it. I need to go in there and I need to box better than Muhammad Ali. Then that's just stupid because you haven't got, you haven't done the work or got the skills to do that. Whereas though, if you're asking yourself to do something that you know you're capable of doing, then it's not that ridiculous at all. You know, if you're, if you're going in there and basically you're just asking yourself to deliver what you're able to do, yeah. then, you know, that's, that's pretty reasonable request of yourself. Of course. And um, what you've been training to do, I mean, specifically to kind of deliver a certain performance. Um, and with your kind of your day-to-day training, um, has the pandemic kind of affected how you do stuff or have you been able to get the full range of activities? Oh, no, uh, luckily, luckily, um, life has gone on as normal for me, really. Um, even in the first hefty pandemic, I was actually up in Martin McCann's house, hitting the bag up in the mountains. Oh yeah. In the so, dojo. Yeah. In the dojo I was with, with, with your old man training away. Doing yeah, three, yeah. four hour sessions. That was experience. Yeah. Yeah. He's really he's the only man still doing four hour sessions and he's sixty years old. Like I thought I was fit and I thought I was tough and I went up and trained there. Yeah. Endurance and I was tough. Even thinking about that makes me tired. (laughs) Yeah. Oh god. But uh yeah, like I mean we've I've been traveling all over the globe fighting. Um training Mm -hmm. away. Also boxing seems to be a bit of a grey area with checkpoints. Yeah, yeah boxing seems to be relatively okay compared to other sports. I mean, Muay Thai has gone out the window. Like, I think I think it's because there's a bit of money behind boxing, so they're able to, and, and there's, a, I suppose, a bit of, bit of an interest. I'm not saying that there isn't an interest mm-hmm. in Muay Thai. It just, it it's more be popular. As, yeah, it wouldn't be as popular. So, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to these events it's behind closed doors. Everyone who's at the event has been COVID tested. The film crew mm-hmm. will be COVID tested. Yeah, And then there's a live stream that goes out, so... You know it works um in terms of training and stuff yeah we've been able to train yeah. um again like i said it's a bit of a gray area you know you get pulled out of checkpoint and they ask where you going boxing and they kind of go uh, <laughs> yeah okay <laughs> all right right uh, enjoy <laughs> yeah so um so yeah it's been it's been good um and i'm, I'm very grateful that i've mm-hmm. been able to continue doing it you know because it's kept me it's good Focused to see that there's the yeah, right path, you know. something a bit normal going on. Um, and I suppose also your business, Tough Glove, which you're running, obviously hasn't fared as well in the pandemic. Wow, well, we, we, we started, we, we kind of, I, I used to do Tough Glove in the boxing gym and uh, we moved out to a gym in Sandyford and we started kind of going a little more full throttle with it and advertising it a bit better. And we actually had just like moved into the corporate welfare space yeah. mm-hmm. corporate wellness space um yeah. and then two weeks later uh global pandemic no sorry it was uh, two weeks later there was that, <laughs> those storms we had those crazy yeah. storms mm-hmm. and then like the follow next two weeks was a global pandemic so um, it wasn't the best start and that's kind of that's been put on the back burner for the for the for the time being but, i almost um, forgot about all the storms to be honest and all of the other shit yeah, it, <laughs> was, it was it was honestly like you couldn't start a fitness business at a worst possible time. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms how long of were you running it for then? Danger to human's health. In, uh, uh, I was, I was, in the club. I yeah. running it for years in the club. We got to like, yeah. you know, there, there was a, a the term coined tough club OGs because the same people were coming for years. That it was only like yeah. maybe a handful of six on uh-huh. a good night, maybe eight 
But uh, yeah. and some nights it was only two or three. But yeah. uh, that uh, was just kind of to give a little bit of support to the club, Stephen and that. And uh, you know, we became really good. I actually became good friends with some of the people who who came to the class. Um, yeah. Give them, give Eugene and Alice a shout now in case they listen to this. Shout out, boat. Shout out. Um, um, yeah, it is something that I'm really interested in in terms of things, fighting sports like boxing, martial arts, and kind of democratizing it for people that maybe wouldn't go to a boxing gym or would be a bit, you know, hesitant to get in the ring. Because yeah. I think there's so much in fighting sports that you just don't get in normal life anymore. That spirit of competition, in, of individual competition, is very different to team sports and very different to how you do it. It, it really sharpens you up. It makes you very yeah. conscious and it makes Big you have time. to pay a lot of attention. So... I think it's something that really should be even in schools. I know a lot of schools used to have boxing teams, but it's um, for young men. I think it's essential to do some sort of, you know, disciplined fighting sport. I just to you more like your like energy together. Stephen O'Rourke would say it's old school. You know, it's old school mm. training, and it's, yeah. it's hard to get that nowadays. Everything's so everything's been so globalized and it's so much easier as well like it's yeah, just everything <laughs> everything's just like it's that hard. like um what's the word i'm looking for you know it's it's so instant We're, we live in this yeah. instant culture so yeah but but no like the boxing and other martial arts to bring you right back to that old school training where Primal. it's not just physical training it's mental it's everything it's yeah you and know, you're you, pushing your limits you. mm. but one thing i find really interesting is just when you're saying that for, for people who might not necessarily want to get into the competitive space, mm-hmm. you know, I think people would be amazed if they rock up to their local boxing club and just said, listen, I just want to train. They'd be welcome with open arms, you know, box, yeah. boxing clubs. I think people are intimidated. They think that they're going to walk yeah. in and some guy's going to answer and say, can you fight? And throw some them in the ring and, yeah. some guys the ring and they're going to have to prove themselves. But yeah. that's not the case. Like, you know, yeah. if you walk up to your boxing club, they'd be more than happy to have you in there. They'd, they'd, mm-hmm. they'd be more than happy to teach you the yep. fundamental skills. And uh, I think when people start to learn the skills, they get addicted mm-hmm. because it's like a bug, you know, you're, yeah. you're constantly improving. Mm. Um, you're getting fitter. You're getting, your reflexes are improving. Your coordination as well. Tough. I think I, it's the uh, biggest one though for me is mental toughness. People come yeah. down there, they are, for use of a better word, pussies. Mm. And then yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they're, they're, they're soft. And then when they go in yeah. there, they realize, wait, I'm actually able to do a lot more than I thought I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can I, I can keep going without giving up after 30 seconds and can hold a plank for more. Than, and then it just, it's like that snowball effect. Things just keep, it just keeps yeah. improving. And people get better. Like even our old Connor. Yep. Connor yeah. O'Reilly over in the C- States. He's C- got dog. the bug now, yeah. Him I know, he's Slim. in there scrapping him and Schlimmy, throwing digs. Scrapping away, man. It does, it's funny how it changes your whole life. Like, it forces you to tighten up in all these areas. Like, I remember when I went back to boxing when I was 23, like, I was fat, I was drunk, I was filled <laughs> with kebabs. Um, I was in bits. I could still throw hands and everything, but I yeah, went in way, there. You're wasting here now, man. Oh, yeah, Schlimmed out. But, Suits you better, bro. I know, way before. Didn't want to say it, but suits you better, man. I mean, I I feel a lot better than submerged in hangovers. But uh, when I went in, <laughs> it was like I kind of thought, you know, I still had a certain amount of arrogance about me being like, oh yeah, I'd box for years. I've done this. I'm gonna walk in here. It's gonna be grand. Smash and then the first day, I got put with this guy who was the formal former martial arts instructor for the Afghan commandos, and he beat the shit out of me, battered oh, me like. You? 
to the point where I had like, I had horns on my head from like the digs. <laughs> and I was like, he didn't speak English. And I was like, I think he's going to knock me out. <laughs> I was like, just had the hands up moving around. And yeah. after that training, I, I just started laughing. Like I was like all bloody and everything, but I was just pissed myself laughing. Cause I was just like, right. I got to get it together, man. I got to beat this guy. I got to fucking tighten up. And it made me change everything else because yeah. I had to face how I'd overestimated myself. I had to look at, you know, the reality of the situation, which you get in fighting immediately. Man, that, like, that is, you, you hit the nail on the head there. Like, you know, mm. boxing just humbles you. Like, I remember yeah. when I started boxing, I, I had no real ambitions. I didn't know where I was mm. going to go. It was just, you know, I was just trying it out. I suppose I was at that age. I did get drawn to it from seeing it on television and, and I, I fell in love with it and I wanted to try it, but I had no real ambitions. Yeah. And I'll never forget when I used to smoke like every day. Yeah. Um, and, I, and obviously when I started boxing then, I remember going to a few of my mates' houses and we used to put opposite gloves on. You know, someone had yeah. gloves and we put left and yeah. right on. And I was beating people. So I was like, Man, I'm good at this. I'm like, I, I got a bit of like I thought, like, yeah, I'm gonna go into boxing and, and yeah. smash someone up. I remember like <laughs> yeah. my first sparring session, I went and I got like I actually just got obliterated, like got pulverized. <laughs> yeah. And I came home and it was like one in the day. It was a Saturday. We were actually all we were all doing something that night. Someone was having a gaff party or something, and yeah. I went I went to lie down on my on my bed and I woke up and it was like three in the morning on Sunday. <laughs> I um, think I remember this. And my phone had like a load of missed calls from like you and Connor and everyone. <laughs> yeah. And I was obviously concussed and I just woke up on Sunday. Yeah. Like I, was, I woke up and I was like, oh, my nap's done. I'm going to head out to Laz now. Check my phone. It was at like three in the morning Sunday. Yeah. And that was the point where I was like, that's it. Like, I, like if I'm going to box, I'm either going to do this or I'm not going to do this. Exactly. And I remember I stopped smoking yeah. that week. And I like, yeah, kinda, that's how like, I quit smoking like, as well. Yeah, I was like, right, I'm gonna stop, like, I'm gonna stop drinking. I'm gonna have to start jogging in the morning. And it just like suddenly, then it was like kind of mm. like a eureka moment. I was like, yeah, you know, if you want to be a fighter and not just say you're a fighter, you actually have to yeah. live like a fighter. You and, have to be uh, through and through. Yeah, through and through. Yeah. So going back to what you said about the discipline, yeah, like that was that was a massive part for me as well. It was that kind of realization that if you really want to do it and not just talk yeah. about doing it, that you're going to have to yeah. change your lifestyle. You know, it's not just, yeah. it's not good enough to train three nights a week. You need to eat good food, do those Every extra day. miles on the road, not mm. drink, not smoke. You know, you need to get your head and, and your, your body and mind in the right place. So that was, yeah, that was a big turning point for me. Like I used to be healthy. I was never that healthy really. You know, I was, I was always decent at sport because I was big, but I wasn't like, super fit or you know particularly strong and i think then i i really that really made me push my body to my physical limits and get yeah, it's a funny, it's now, a funny you know? moment though because like so many other people would have that moment maybe where they get beaten up or they get discouraged in any situation and what people do then is you avoid that situation you go oh well that's a sign that i shouldn't do that but actually yeah for for me, that was a time where I was like, oh, I need to do this properly. I need to actually. Yeah. I think I've, that, like, that, that comes down to competitive nature. I think it is the competitive. And a bit nature. of ego. You know, like you're, you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no one's definitely. doing that to me again. Like, I'm not, you know? like, he's not walking on me. Like, no way, man. Yeah. yeah. And that was the thing. Like I, I played every sport. 
growing up. And I always would get to like the top team, you know, the A's, the under 14 A's, the under 13 A's, whatever, and all these different sports. And when I got there, I just lose interest. I just started mitching training. I would just be like, oh, I don't do that anymore. And then I start something else. Yeah. But then with boxing, there's just always a faster gunslinger. There's always another level. There's always that bit more. And if you're competitive, like it's just when you're in, you're in. There's no, you just, when it gets you, you just can't get out. It's you know, the most. Has me. Yeah. And it's mad. Like I started it just as a bit of crack with Steven. I went for yeah. private lessons and now I'm a professional boxer. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like, you know. Did you ever think when you started that it was going to go this way? Like, was there a moment where uh, you were like. No, never. I never even yeah. thought, like, I never thought about breakfast the next day back then, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was, that was the way I was. Like, when you're that age, you just, you just do stuff and. You don't think about your future at all. No. You know? and no, in some ways, I kind of miss that aspect. I was thinking about that as well. That was another question I wanted to ask, you know, because yeah. obviously we grew up together doing all that stupid shit and <laughs> yeah. being bold. Can't do that. <laughs> yeah, messing about. But um, I kind of, that's what I miss about that time was like the impermanence of it. You always thought like, you'd be like, ah, next week, you know, that's as far ahead as you're thinking, like Friday. Yeah, you had forever and now we're nearly 30. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you put that on me? Oh yeah, man, that's how it is though. You know, back then it was like, you'd look at like, I remember when we were like, we would have been maybe 14 and you'd be t- like thinking, t- there'd be talks to the leaving certain, you'd be like, ah, we're never actually gonna do the leaving cert. That's like years away. That's man. centuries away from us. You don't even think. And now we're like, we're all real adults. Yeah, full <laughs> on. It doesn't road. seem like it was that long at all. To be honest, I can remember specific conversations back in the day that we would have had sitting on a park bench talking shit. Yeah. And now we're, and now we're doing a podcast. Now we're you're an upcoming author. I'm an upcoming professional boxer. Be pro. It's yeah. I know That's we're crazy. a weird bunch, man. I mean, for our group of mates, like we got old James, the the psychedelic artist. I know, man. Speaking of James, the, your last podcast with James was phenomenal. I was like, geez, tough act to follow. Yeah. But, oh, man. Uh, I, think, I think we're doing well, but you, he's. I was so impressed, man. It was, it was so, it was so interesting listening to you and James just talking about that transition from being retards to where yeah. you are now. <laughs> I think that's um, what surprised a lot of people. I had some people message me about it being like, you know, I knew you back then and I would have thought that you were like ironclad, like yeah. fucking ending up in the newspaper for punching people and stuff and just being like, just being so, yeah. I don't know, conscienceless, aggressive, whatever you want to call it. But um, it's it's weird how quickly you can grow, but I mean, you see the consequences of your actions. I mean, when I was younger, I couldn't conceive of consequences, really. It was just like, my parents would be like, you're going to get in trouble or bad things are going to happen. And I'd go, yeah. yeah, of course, and pretend, and then i do it and I'd go, oh shit, uh, so this actually works that way. I have, Again, I that's that's in with that whole, you know, the way you, you just never would think about the future back then, or it just seemed like it was like a, it was such a distant thing that it, it was it, it wasn't gonna ever affect you, you know? Like that's why yeah. you do stupid shit back then. And like you had this almost invincibility about you because you were like, yeah. ah, scratch. You're like a kid, so it's impervious, and you're like, that's future man's problem. He's gonna yeah, do I'm only a kid, I can't go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, Oh, hang on a sec. <laughs> no, it was it was really interesting listening to that and 
then just being someone who's actually grown up in two of you and, and see actually witness that progression, it's mad. Yeah. Like you, I I was sitting with you in Murphy's those couple of years ago when you said, right, I'm gonna go sober for, yeah. for what was it, thirty days, and then it ended up being six months, what, and six it. months, and then it just ended up being a complete change in your whole lifestyle. And yeah, I kind of like, yeah, it makes a big difference, man. It really. It's kind of obviously Brian's kind of on a sober tip up here as well. So it's good to have yeah. somebody else that's kind of doing it. But you realize how much of your problems were just caused by what you were doing. I mean, it's not really you as a person. You were just doing all the wrong things. But what I, well, I remember there was, there was a period where I was maybe 18 to 20 where I might have drank twice. Um, and it was a lot of 18s and there was a lot of, everyone was kind of starting to go to town and it was, you know, that was a real drink fueled period of our life where yeah. everything was about drinking and yeah. especially when we went to college everyone was going out you know Monday oh, Monday, man. Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday yeah. Saturday like yeah. and I used to I got to a point where I was like I realised that you actually you know when you get used to not drinking you realise that you're not really missing anything you think no, you think you're true. missing everything at first you're like oh man I, I'm missing out when I'm drinking and then you kind of get you grow to realise that it's just the same shit. People don't even remember <laughs> what they're talking about. Like, you know, you'd go, I'd go, I'd often go on a night out not drinking and I'd have great conversations with people. And then I'd see them a week later and say, oh, yeah, that was a great conversation. And they'd say, what? Were you there? And you're like, you're like, it wouldn't have made a difference if I went or not. And that, and that's the same for everyone. So that's the truth, like, man. Yeah. So it kind of made me realize that, uh, that period that, you really are missing anything without drinking. And uh, when you're not drinking, you can focus on yourself and yeah. make things happen. So, Well, absolutely. I think that's kind of the basis of it. Like if you really want to make something happen, if you desire something intensely, which I think is something that if you, if you have the desire to be great, like you and I do in our respective endeavors, um, yeah. at some point you have to get rid of the bullshit. You have to start cutting down on it because it's not a game that, you can win. It's just something that's going to, in the long run, start chipping away at you. It's There's certain, if you want to play the sport that you're, you want to be great at, you have to quit the other stuff as well. I think it's like, big time. it'll detract from your desire for, for being your best really. Yeah. Um, Cause you've only got so much energy and so much um, yeah. time, you know, it's, time it's funny, like, as you get on, you just realize that everything comes mm. down to time. Like money is basically just time. Yeah. You know, rich people yeah. can't afford to use their time better and can afford to have more time because they can pay for stuff that, you know, they don't have to do themselves anymore. Yeah. And that, like it, time is, is the number one currency. So yeah. how you use that time, mm. you know, if you want to be great, it's very important. You need to put it all towards that one thing that you want to excel at. Every routine you know, has to be building exactly. it. Really. And, and I've been, I like, I, I went to, uh, especially my early twenties of just juggling a lot. And even, even to this day, I'm still fine tuning it. Where you know, you, I get up really early in the morning and I go to bed pretty late at night. And that my day from like half six till ten sometimes is like, you know, if I'm a minute late for one thing, my whole day is offset. Yeah, it's like. And sometimes awkward. you can get on a treadmill of being like that. And, and then like months and months go by and you've actually not really made progress. So it is important yeah. to cut back and just have 
you know, a limited number of things that you're really focusing on. Yeah, it's going to cost you in other places, but ultimately you're going to get the reward of in the one thing that you really desire at the end, you know? Well, that's it. What you really desire. Yeah. Cause um, yeah, like for me, like financial gain at the moment obviously mm -hmm. has to take a back step. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm just starting off. I'm not making big money yet. And yeah. I emphasize the yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's what I have to do. I have to focus on my training. Um, yeah. You know, I have to, you got to spend money to make money. So yeah, yeah it could be out working and I could be out doing this and doing that and making money and living the mm -hmm. the life that you see everyone else is living. Because it is easy to compare yourself to your peers. Um, oh, yeah, and they're all living in houses and they've all got nice jobs and tech sales smiling there <laughs> <And>, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. thousands of google dollars exactly um and sometimes you know you can get caught up thinking about that but um you have to just always remember what's the what's the mission where's the mission yeah. going yeah. there's an end goal to this mission and uh yeah. you've just got to stick to the path and follow see it out I think that's the most meaningful way to live your life as well. When you have, I mean, if you sacrifice a lot for something, it becomes more important. The more you sacrifice, the more important it is. So Big when time. you give up a lot of the stuff that you enjoy or that, you know, the fun distractions for this one mission that has to work out, it's very meaningful because there's a lot riding on it. It doesn't mean it's always fun or it's always easy, but it is meaningful because it's important. I mean, it it's has. It's never going to be easy. No, it shouldn't be either. I think it shouldn't if, be. If it's easy, it's not the right mission. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, not gonna, gonna it's not gonna, ha it's not gonna bring you to your potential. Mm -hmm. Um, and listen, like I've haven't achieved anything. I wouldn't what say I want that. to achieve yet. You know, <laughs> I mean, you're yeah, only getting but, going, but you've only obviously going on, on this 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 part of my journey. But I have big goals, and I have um very specific goals that I'm that I'm that I'm working mm -hmm. towards, and um. I yeah. would consider myself by no, by no means near them whatsoever. So, um, and with boxing, it's something I want to ask you about as well. Is like obviously those long term goals, self preservation in boxing. I mean, there's been a big change, I think, in the sport towards you know you just go hell for leather all the time, and then you see these yeah. guys get out of their career and they can't say their own name anymore. And again, like that's been, I I I, I can be the first to admit that I've been a, a bad culprit for that. I, I I've been a bad couple for overtraining you know i sometimes again go back to the mission when you want it so bad it's hard to actually hold yourself back yeah you um, give it all yeah but sometimes you know going slow is going to get you there the fastest mm -hmm. um so that's something that i've definitely brought into my game like even today i had a i had a heavy day but i made sure to go for a recovery session and do an ice bath in the middle and just things like that because you hear about the likes of LeBron James and stuff and those guys were spending millions on recovery every every year and yeah. you know it's only when someone's finished their career that all that stuff comes out but you yeah. won't last long in the fight game if you're not looking after yourself and you're not um giving yourself downtime and rest time yeah. so now I've got I've got a I've got a spar tomorrow I'm probably gonna take Thursday off um Friday I'll do a bit of technical work and then Saturday I've got another spar. Sunday I'm gonna take off and then I'm off to Spain for uh sparring. And that's probably gonna be spar, rest, spar, rest, yeah. spar, and then come home. And then I've got to make weight. So but it's just yeah, like you know, you've got to like anything, it's periodized. You've got to micromanage your weeks, you've got mm. to macromanage your months, and then you've got to manage the long term goal, which is yeah, maximize sure the micro and macro are 
linking up correctly and leading you on the right path towards what you're ultimately striving for so and that there's some longevity to it as well i suppose because the fight game you know it can go on for a while and you want to be you want to be at your best for as long as possible rather than just i I, I have to think as well you know like boxing boxing is not um a long-term career you know most boxers are going to retire and they're some early and some mid thirties. Yeah. Um, so you have to think like, what, what, where is your boxing career bringing you after yeah. you're out of the fight game? Cause the fight game doesn't last forever. It's a, it's a pretty short yeah. career. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people end up completely lost after. So you have to think, yeah, do you think, um, do you think boxing takes care of boxers? Cause I mean, there is some no. career path you can get out. No, you think it kind of, it leaves. I don't, I think, I think for the smart boxers who, think about that um yeah but you have to remember a lot of guys in boxing come from backgrounds where they haven't had any sort of education and they probably haven't had any sort of guidance about thinking about their career outside of boxing they're from a small village in some slum in south america or whatever and, and for them it's just instant cash and they just live for the moment and they don't like yeah. boxers are notoriously the worst for making millions and then being bankrupt a year yeah, after they retire yeah, just like buy a load of cars, buy a load of planes, have loads of parties, don't put <laughs> any of their money away, don't invest any of their money in buying, they're broke. You've got, you've you got nothing left. Getting yeah. rich overnight it can be the quickest way to kill you, you know, so. It's the last um, thing some people no, need, but yeah. Yeah, so like for me, like I, like I would definitely think of, like boxing is great and, and I'm always going to have that, that I, you know, I was a successful professional boxer, I boxed internationally for the Irish team, that's always going to be it's always going to be on my resume, but there's yeah. definitely going to be something after boxing for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Life you know, I, I'm going to achieve big things in boxing um, and hopefully be able to use that for good, make, make a little, the world a little bit of a better place. I'm by no means perfect. I've made plenty of mistakes in my life, but I'd love to, you know, I suppose become a good role model through boxing and be able to, um, you know, be able to give people, a little bit of inspiration or whatever, or give people a little bit of guidance down the line, you know? You always inspired me anyway, whenever you're going off training, oh, and you're pints, I'd be like, <laughs> damn it, I should be doing that. <laughs> I'm like, why am I drinking these pints right now? Um, uh, I was, uh, you know, it's, it's funny though, like it was, we got, it's, it was great how we were able to maintain the relationship. Like I honestly remember I'd have a competition coming up and I would be on my patio in sweat gear skipping while you guys would be sitting in my <laughs> garden table having cans. And I'd be there going, be I'd be there skipping going, another 30 minutes, lads, and I'll be ready to join you. And I'd go have a shower and come out and sit with you and just have like a Sidona, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> and, I know. Uh, but it was, it was, it's always, but, but I always consider myself very fortunate that, mm-hmm. you know, the group of mates I had were always so supportive, you know, like, yeah. especially the OGs like yourself, Chris, James, Connor, She's uh, slim. Like I'm, I'm going to miss names here. Aiden, Steve, like all the boys, Dennis. Yeah. If I forget I, anyone, I'm sorry. Okay. There's, there's a lot of names, but, uh, yeah, I just, like, do, like that, those lads have all, like all you boys have always been at all of my fights and it was never a case of, ah, you're a dry shy man. Why aren't you drinking? It was always like, you yeah, know, you've yeah. got to do your thing and we're, yeah. we're going to be here for when you're ready to, yeah. when you're when you're done your fight you can you can join us and that's all that's always been really nice to have and um, that's another thing i've been thinking about as well though because the other side of that is what you give to other people 
through your belief, through your discipline, through your sacrifices, that inspires people and it gives them a sense of being part of something bigger. You know what I mean? We get a bit of the side of your mission as well. I think that's what's great about being an individual. Listen, I, like when I think of my pro career, I always think to myself, there's nothing I would love more than to win. Well, when I win a world title fight to have yeah. all the boys, MGM Grand, oh, residential yeah. suite, party on me. Like that's, uh, that's what I like. Like when I think about my professional boxing career, when it all is said and done and, and I'm a 65 year old man, a good looking 65 year old man, obviously. <laughs> yeah, handsome. Uh, handsome 65 year old man who's, who is walking around freely. But uh, when I get to that level, like I want to be able to look back on my boxing career and be like, that was a fucking, that was a cracking night. Or I remember that night and you have memories around that. Like it's about creating memories and bringing everything. Like that's what I love about the box. I love fight night. I love the national championship. I love finals night because everyone would come and there was a buzz and everyone was getting the tickets yeah. and then afterwards it was straight back to Mother yeah. Riley's and it was On like just, it, it was like a big event and I love being able to bring that together and it's a shame about COVID because I know for a fact had there been crowds at my debut and it was in Ireland. It would have been awesome. So I can't oh, wait man. till I can like, especially when I make my American debut and all the, all the lads over in America um, from Austin coming, it's going to be, it's going to be something special. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to when crowds can come back and we can all enjoy some big super fly nights and, uh, you know, man, have, I have something to talk around. about. I hope it's sooner rather than later because still it's remember coming. all those nights and they're well listen legendary. have no fear everybody i'm putting in the groundwork now to provide those nights and make sure they're they're a raging success amazing we appreciate tony and thanks for talking to me today obviously you're a busy man you got a lot going on we're all going to be cheering for you come the 28th when you floor this cunt finish them all it was a, ple- it was a pleasure man it was an absolute pleasure um you know we've we've had many uh, many great meaningful kitchen chats but uh, this is up there enjoyed it big time and hopefully people get a good listen out of it hopefully I didn't uh, shy down too much no um, man so, sometimes beautiful. when I listen back I'm like Jesus I love to waffle but uh, <laughs> no that's, that's this is, this is yeah. what that platform's for we appreciate it going man you know it's hard to shut man. me up it's pure gold and one thing actually before you go I mean is there any lesson that you've learned from all the training and from the competing that you'd like to give to people that you think is worth knowing oh there's a lot of lessons man one particular one um everyone springs to mind i guess in life it's the same you know it's the little decisions that you make that ultimately affect the bigger picture pew pew it's powerful thank you toasty brown no problem wow wasn't that really great I don't actually know if this is a pre-recorded message, but do you want to support us? Do you want to help the podcast grow and be able to do more stuff and get more awesome guests and more equipment and do loads of cool sound effects like this? Oh, we can't actually because we don't have enough money yet. So go and leave a donation now at the Buy Me A Coffee page. Kick in a few bucks. Doesn't have to be anything too fancy. And Let's get super rich off podcasting and I can live in a mansion in Los Angeles. All right. Appreciate it. Boom.